Welcome to Campus Life, the college side of things uh, here at Campus DeCanton. As always, I am Austin. And this is Colin. Thank you guys for tuning in here. We are into October now. We've got a spooky season. Spooky season. <laughs> Some of our rosters are probably looking pretty spooky right now. Um, Speak for yourself. Like, really? No, really? I'm, I'm kidding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I was going to say, I, we're in some leagues that I can go pull up a roster here. No, that's good. That's fine. No, okay. Move on, move on, move on. Okay. I've got one or two as well that I don't like to look at. Um, five weeks, guys. We're through five weeks here now. I think I've tweeted a little bit about this. You should know by now if you're a contender or a pretender. If you're a contender, you should be buying up some of these uh, college-only producers. Um if, especially if they're seniors, you can probably get them at a pretty decent discount if somebody uh, maybe not so much. Uh, and on the flip side, if you're a rebuilder, this might be the time of year where maybe you can go out and acquire uh, some younger Debbie type guys or, or maybe, you know, depth chart, uh, you know, they'll start next year, but not this year. Um, so I think, you know, we're not going to talk about that too much tonight, but it's something that you should be thinking about here as we move uh, into spooky season here. Colin, we're going to start with the injury roundup, but before we do that, this podcast is part of the Fantasy Points Media Group, along with a ton of other great podcasts, including the True North Fantasy Podcast, uh, the Play to Win Podcast, Dynasty Happy Hour, Injury Prone Podcast with Dr. Edwin Porras, Dynasty Vipers, The Smoke Show, and the Fantasy Points Podcast. You can follow them on Twitter at Fantasy Points Live or check out their weekly Friday drops that recap the week in the Fantasy Points Media Group. All right, Colin, uh, let's start with our injury roundup here and then we'll go into headlines a little bit after that. Um, some pretty significant injuries this week, uh, or at least ones that I think are you're, you're going to want to start planning for uh, as we move forward here. Uh, first one, CJ Verdell. Uh, left the Oregon game this weekend. Uh, they lost to Stanford. Uh, lower leg injury described as significant. No timetable for a return. Uh, did not look good when it happened. Um, I, 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 let's Maybe we can steer away a little bit from what this means necessarily for C.J. Verdell's value. And is there anybody that we're kind of looking to replace him with? Is it Travis Dye or somebody else? Yeah, I mean, I think it's Travis Dye. I mean, they've kind of been a bit of a uh, 1A, 1B backfield so far this year. Uh, they've been splitting carries. Verdell's definitely gotten the most of the carries, but Travis Dye has definitely had a fairly significant role in this offense so far this year. Uh, he's pretty clearly going to be the next guy up. Uh, it's definitely a shame for CJ Verdell. He was really getting it going. He looked really good this year, but... I think we're, I'm definitely interested in Travis Dye now. Uh, I, I like the running backs in Joe Moorhead's offense. He's, like we just said, probably going to be the next guy up there. They don't really have a lot of other options on that offense. Sean Dollars, is he still hurt or is he back? I haven't seen him play at all this year. I'm trying to pull up how many touches, like the touch distribution here uh, behind um, uh, Verdell. So let's see here. So Travis Dye has 60 carries. Anthony Brown has 54 at quarterback. And then the next closest you have Byron Cardwell with six, seven McGee with four. Uh, Trey Benson has three. So I, I do not Byron believe Cardwell season, bad. baby. Maybe, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. I mean, they, they tend to split those carries 60, 40. Um, 
Yeah, they do. So. And and uh, Byron Corbell is a guy I was hyping up um, a lot this offseason. He's a guy that I have a lot of because CJ Verdell and Travis Dye, both seniors, they were both likely going to be gone. Um, you know, and I liked him to step in more as a play for 2022. Uh, definitely unfortunate that an injury is, is kind of what's opening the door here a little bit, but sometimes that's all it takes. Um, I like Hardwell a lot. So he's definitely a guy to monitor if he's not already owned. Uh, and C2C, he probably is. Um, straight CFF, he's probably on your waiver wire. Yeah, and just uh, he was a little light coming into college. They have him listed at 210 on the website. So that's nice to see. Um, so it sounds like he probably can uh, be the guy that steps into that void uh, for Verdell. It's a it's a bummer if it's significant. What is he a late day three guy? Maybe I mean because he's probably at this stage not going to be able to participate at the combine, depending on what the injury is, um, and, and that uh, probably not the pro day either. I mean, it just probably rules out all of that pre draft process stuff for him. Um, yeah, that's definitely unfortunate because he's a guy that I like. I said I think he was rebounding his stock here uh, this year after a bit of a down year last year, but um, hopefully he can get this figured out and get, get back on the field for college or at least, um, you know, not have it impact his NFL stock too much. Uh, next injury up here, uh, JT Daniels. I am so freaking sick of JT Daniels always <laughs> having some sort of injury. He injured his lat in practice. What a big baby. I'm sorry. <laughs> what a big freaking baby. I think I described him in our discord this weekend as, um, oh, what did I say? He's held, he's held together by, by chewing gum and, and scotch tape at this point. It's just, <laughs> I don't know what his issue is. Um, but he did not play this weekend. Uh, Stetson Bennett started in his place. They did, probably didn't really need him. Uh, they just kind of ran the ball to death and, and, uh, defense and special teams took care of the rest. Um, I don't know. Colin, tell us about it. Is it a grade, a grade one, uh, latch strain should be back this week. I don't know. I mean, you would last week was a big game against Arkansas. You know, you, you would think if he could go, he would have been out there. I don't know. Maybe a week of rest would have helped him. But uh, yeah, that that's not encouraging here. And and that's a big miss on my part. I thought he was going to have a really nice year this year, but he just can't seem to stay on the field. Yeah, I don't man. I'm so sick of JT Daniels. This dude is just always hurt. Like it's football, man. Sometimes you got to play through it. Um, Jake Hayner, um, you took that huge hit two weeks ago and uh, the UCLA game was really grimacing down the stretch there. Um, was, was banged up again this week, left the game uh, for a short time against Hawaii. Fresno State lost that game. He did return. Um, just something to monitor there. Um, they, they have a bye this week, I believe. Um, yes. So they get, they get a little bit of rest here, but I think it's just something to look out for, especially – as it relates to Jalen Cropper and Ronnie Rivers, because Hayner's been there. They don't have a guy that really has any experience behind him. No, I believe he they played a, a true freshman, um, Jalen Henderson, behind him, correct? Talk. We talked about him on the show this summer, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Stash and wait. I think he's listed as a QB in like another position on Fantrax. I want to say it's a QB wide receiver. Dude, I have no idea what they were doing with Fresno's. They had Hornbeak <laughs> listed as a D lineman, and he's like 5'11". 205 like i don't know what they did with that roster they they butchered it yeah it's uh he's listed as a qb and db defensive back <laughs> <laughs> so uh 
Yeah, he's but he's definitely a quarterback. Uh, he got the snaps behind him this week for the the player two where Hayner went out. But yeah, he's definitely the stash moving forward because it seems like he is going to be the next guy up. Yeah, that potent pass offense. If nobody has him in your league, guys, I think now is the time to start thinking about maybe stashing him for next year, especially if Jake Hayner doesn't play. He has a big performance. All of a sudden, he's probably someone that's very, very difficult to acquire. We'll see. We'll save you um, that value. Go ahead and pick him up now. Um, this is kind of functioning as our waiver wire uh, uh, segment. <laughs> so that's fine. Yeah. Um, Trayson Potts. Uh, running back who is already filling in there for the injured Mo Ibrahim at Minnesota. After the game, he stayed back in Indiana, and I didn't hear about this until today. That someone, I someone said that they heard that he left the stadium on a stretcher, which is not great. There's really no updated news on that. That he's still there, he's still receiving treatment, but there there is no indication what's wrong with him. Um, kind of scary. stuff stuff here um so uh, i mean we'll be thinking of him just bizarre 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 right yeah it is Uh, so weird that we haven't heard anything i mean it's college so they don't have to report any of this stuff but he like you said he's he's in the hospital he's still in indiana uh according to an update that i saw i forget where i just pulled that article from but um yeah he it, it was updated today and he is still in indiana they said his family's with him so scary stuff for sure um you know definitely thoughts go out to him and his family and everything but uh that's that's definitely a concern yeah, so um you know obviously thinking about him but we do have to kind of uh figure out who we like behind him now um is there somebody that maybe you're looking at if he's out long term at all, I mean, I would assume if he's still in the hospital, he's probably at least not playing this week. Um, uh, what do you got there? Is it Marquis Irving? Is it Kai Thomas? Is it um, uh, somebody else? I mean, what what are we looking at here? I mean, it's hard to say. I would think Kai Thomas, um, just based on Bucky Irving's a little bit small to handle the type of workload that. Uh, that they kind of like to give their running backs. Kai Thomas, at least, has a little bit more size to him. So I would think it would probably be Thomas, but it's hard to say. I mean, they're going to be down to their third running back here. And, you know, that's a team that likes to feed the ball. So, you know, definitely an interesting situation to monitor, see who steps up because nobody really thought Trayson Potts was going to have this type of work. Well, we didn't think Trayson Potts was going to have this type of workload when he took over for Mo Ibrahim. But he's functioned as the bell cow. He's been getting like 30 carries a game. You have to think that uh, the third running back, they're probably going to give him the same thing because they probably don't have a lot behind three and four. The only other option you'd have to think is Cam Wiley, somebody that we briefly talked about this preseason is, you know, who's the backup there? And it was kind of, we know we said maybe Cam Wiley, probably Trace on Potts. Um, but I mean, if you just look, I mean, you're you're right. Marquise Irving, you have to figure he's listed at 190. I kind of doubt that he's the ever down guy there. Um, he, but he has the third most rush attempts on the team uh, just because he's had his own kind of rule, um, behind them. It's, it's Kai Thomas has seven and Cam Wiley has six. I don't think even, you know, even if I reach in my crystal ball here and kind of try to figure this out, I'm not sure that I could give any sort of intelligent, um, guess if I, I would just basically say if one of them is a free in your league and you have some roster space to play around with. 
go try to snag one of them and then just hope that that's the guy that ends up taking over. Um, but we also hope that Potts comes back um, as, yeah. as soon as possible. For sure. Um, last injury update here, guys. Jace McClellan, uh, Debbie, um, you know, darling there, uh, second or third running back on the depth chart there, depending on how you look at it, uh, out for the season with a knee injury. Um, so shaking up that Bama backfield a little bit more. Uh, Kamar Wheaton has also not been available, and obviously Trey Sanders has had his own injury issues in the past. So what are we doing here with the Alabama backfield, Colin? I mean, I think it's Brian Robinson's backfield for the most part. I mean, he really took over this week. Um, he looked really good against Ole Miss's defense. At this point, you have to think it's Roy Dell Williams behind him. Um, Trey Sanders is still there. I, I honestly, I haven't even looked into how many carries he actually has this year, but I don't imagine it's all that many. Uh, and then, like you said, um, it com- did you mention about Kamar Wheaton as well? I, I briefly, you know, I said he's already out with a knee injury yeah. as well. Yeah. Yeah. So Wheaton's not available there either. Uh, so their running back room's getting kind of thin. Um, I mean, it's Alabama, so they're going to be fine, but which we have to play a four star. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, they'll, they'll be okay, but I, I think it's Brian Robinson season. Also, I appreciate you just blatantly not listening to me. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at things here. I'm <laughs> yeah, okay. Online shopping game, or something. The game's going on. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, yeah, so that, that's all the news there, guys. I mean, I'm interested to see how it shakes out for Roy Dell Williams, especially. I'm wondering if they just scrap that third running back rule, really, and just go with two guys. I mean, Brian Robinson got, what, 36 carries this past week or something, or 38, yeah, or high 30s. Um, I'm wondering a little bit if he kind of rests the rest a little bit this week. I, I honestly don't know. I'm very interested to see how that running back split shakes out this week, and I'm not even sure that this week will be indicative of moving forward. It's purely based on how last week shook out. Um all right, guys, that's the injury roundup for this week. There's uh, some other, you know, smaller ones out there as well, but those are kind of the, the high-level ones that we wanted to highlight first. Uh, let's dip into some headlines here, Colin. Uh, three topics here to talk about tonight. The first one, we talked a little bit about it last week, and I just think it's it's worth revisiting slash honing in a little bit. We, we talked 2023 running backs. Zach Evans... Yeah, TCU lost this week. They played Texas. Um, they probably could have won that game, but they just continuously shot themselves in the foot over and over and over again with turnovers and penalties and and missed opportunities. Um, but Zach Evans had a, 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 was basically their full offense, um, and it's been that way here now for a few weeks. I mean, he he kind of was had that. He was reprimanded week one. Didn't play very much. Uh, but since then, per game, you know he's gone 22 carries, 190 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, 15 for 113, 15 for 113, um, and then uh, you know he's caught multiple passes each of those weeks as well. How do we rank him against Tank Bigsby, who has kind of struggled as of late? It's a little banged up, and he's seeding carries to the backup there. I mean, that's definitely the big concern is is the number of carries he's seeding to the backup. Uh, I mean, Jarquez Hunter has looked good, or Jarquez, however you say it, Hunter has looked really good. Uh, but Harson's offenses mostly have fed one running back. So it's a little bit of a concern that Bigsby hasn't, you know, continued that trend. 
And then Zach Evans has just exploded this season. Uh, he's looked really good. He's just kind of confirming what everybody thought of him coming out. Then it kind of fell under the radar a little bit going to TCU with some of the maturity issues, but they haven't really heard anything about that since. So I think it's safe to put all of that behind him. I'm, I mean, our update, our rankings are going to be updated at the end of this or the very beginning of next week. So about a week from today, uh, I'm going to have Evans ahead of Bigsby. Uh, Bigsby, t- t- he, he kind of peaked that week three against Penn state from a, from a touch perspective had 23 carries that week. Uh, he only had 13 and 11 weeks one and two, but they were against joke teams. So it didn't really matter. But since then they played Georgia state two weeks ago, 18 for 60 and one catch. And this week against LSU, 9 for 27. I think that's moderately concerning. Um, just even, you know, if we don't, if we wanted to skip the 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 pure, you know, NFL prospect, Debbie talk and just talk about from a C2C perspective, I think the thing that was so appealing about Tank Bigsby was Brian Harson going there, a guy who loves to feed that top back. And he's not feeding the top back. I think that should be concerning for his his college production, but that also kind of makes me question. Like Harson has produced a lot of top backs at a small school, and now he's at a big school, has a a perceived big name back, and he won't feed him. I, it's just it's weird to me that that this is kind of unraveling how this is. Yeah, and it's not even like Jarquez Hunter was a guy who everybody was like, oh yeah, this is a top prospect. He wasn't even a guy who was really on my radar, to be honest with you. Um, I, he, I don't believe we had him ranked at all at the site. Uh, I know I, did I didn't. Um, so he kind of came out of nowhere. And I mean, he's looked very good. So credit to him. He's been very explosive when he's gotten the ball. But it's still a little bit concerning that Tank Bigsby, the guy who really showed off last year, hasn't been able to keep that going. Like you said, the past two weeks here, have been pretty rough for him. Uh, you know, he's he's been under 60 carries uh, or 60 yards or less in the past two weeks against teams that aren't really like that strong of run defenses. I mean, Georgia State soft, but uh, LSU is not really that great of a run defense. Uh, they're, Zach Charbonnet made him look bad. Yeah, I mean, they're. I think they're probably like middle of the pack. Uh, I would say they're probably like in the 50, 60 range. If I had to guess, I don't have it pulled up here. So they're not awful, but they're not anybody you're scared of. And he just couldn't get anything going. Um, They are the. Oh, apparently this thing has them labeled as LSU stupid. They're the 40th ranked rush defense in the country. 40th. All right. So, so. a little bit better than what I thought they're they're back half of the top third they're actually slightly better than i thought they'd be too which means they've probably been pretty freaking decent outside of that uh ucla game but um and so today i learned uh jarquez hunters <laughs> from philadelphia huh? philadelphia, philadelphia mississippi oh. <laughs> today i learned there's a philadelphia mississippi there's your geography <laughs> lesson for today kids um, but yeah, he, he's a guy I haven't really watched that much dark West Hunter yet. I've just seen a little bit of the, their games and, and, but so I, I don't have that many comments on him, but, uh, just an interesting dynamic. I have Evans now ranked above Bigsby and see my C2C rankings and my Debbie rankings, which are slightly, there are slight differences between these rankings. Um, and, Gibbs. And <laughs> Gibbs. Yeah. And there's like, there's some lower rated stuff as yeah. well. That's like, 
Um, like I still really like I have Marcus Rose me ranked like reasonably high or like guys like that. And they're like lower in my C2C rankings because they're you know not doing anything right now. Um, all right, Colin, let's let's talk some scrimmage yard leaders. How's that sound? That sounds fantastic. There's nothing I'd like to do more. That's yeah, that's what I thought you would say. Um, so I pulled the top five here in in all of FBS right now. Um, I asked you, well, you, so I will do this here. So this is scrimmage yards, but I do just want to say all purpose yards. Colin, we talked about this before the show. The leader in all purpose yards in all of FBS is. Jaden Reed, wide receiver, Michigan State. Surprised me. Surprised me. Now, Surprised granted, me too. a good chunk of the yardage is from special teams, but he still has like 500 yards receiving on the year. Um, but but he is the leader. But for pure scrimmage yards, here's what we've got. We've got number one, Bijan Robinson, baby. Number two, <gasps> I know. I know. I know. <laughs> there were people that said that it would take a year for him to do something with Sark. Pfft, those people. Um, <laughs> Sean Tucker, number two, or so. Bijan has 819 yards through five games. Sean Tucker, number two, 813 yards. Number three is Mateo Durant, the running back there at Duke, 803. Number four, Keaton Mitchell, one of last week's, um, you know, start starts uh, on my list. Which number was a four, great call. hat tip. He fucking crushed it. Um, 719 <laughs> yards. Uh, he also has a significant or a fair amount of uh, special teams yards as well. <clears throat> Sorry, and Kenneth Walker, six hundred ninety-seven yards. Those are your top five. Some names on the periphery there: Drake London, Josh Downs, a um, couple other ones there. Colin, any? Take it away. What What's the first thing that jumps out to you here? Uh, well, I think the first thing that jumps out to me is Keaton Mitchell being at, at number four there. Um, I think that's a guy that maybe we should start taking a little bit more notice of because um, that's that's some pretty good company that he's up there with. Now, Mateo Durant is a guy that I don't know what his NFL prospects look like. I liked Deion Jackson last year, and I don't even know if he's on a roster anymore. He was with the Colts for a little while. Uh but I don't know if he's on a roster anymore. So I liked him. Really doesn't have much of an NFL future. I don't know if Durant really does either. But he's a guy that we thought would at least produce in this offense this year. So it's, that's nice to see. Uh, and then Sean Tucker is also a guy who's been – we, we expected some solid production out of him this year. But he's looked b- even better than what we thought he would. Uh, so he's a, a pleasant surprise at number two as well. And then Kenneth Walker, you know, he's been one of the stars of the early season here. Uh, he had that monster game week one, and then he's just been pretty consistent ever since. He crushed it this week too. He had, he had several touchdowns there. Um, yeah, th- those uh, Mateo Durant. You know, I think of, of all the skill positions um, when we're talking about you know projecting fantasy wise from college to NFL, monster production over a large uh, stretch of time matters less uh, for running back than than really any of the others. You know, wide receiver, obviously, it's basically everything. Um, and then your quarterback. I mean, I can't really remember a lot of quarterbacks that, like, you know, had a Graham Mertz type stat line in college <laughs> and then became really good in the NFL. It just Shots doesn't fired. really happen that much anymore. Um, but Durant outproduced uh, Jackson at Duke there the, the, the previous, the prior two years, right? I'm pretty sure he did, or at least like on a per touch. And I think the one year just on a bulk basis, he outproduced 
I think um, it was I think it was a bulk in the one year, but then per touch the other year because um, Jackson did have a, a really nice year. I believe it was last year. It was at least two years ago. Um, was it two years ago that Jackson had the, the at good least? Year? Yeah, it was okay. two or three. Um, but I mean, so w- w- this was definitely like we were aware of Durant. And I think people knew who we were. He was um, this monster production. Uh, not super surprising at this level, I think probably a little bit. Um, but yeah, NFL future question mark, maybe. Um, I want Bijan Robinson being number one, I think should be a little bit of a surprise. I think generally you expect the number one guy to be a Keaton Mitchell <laughs> that plays at a G5 school that beats up on some weaker opposition and. Like just you know, it, it's like uh, like running backs at San Diego State. Those guys always you know are like amongst like the leaders because they uh, it's a soft schedule and and you know the system and all that kind of stuff. Keaton Mitchell seems like the kind of guy to be number one, but Bijan Robinson, I like I. If you listen to the podcast all summer, this is not a, a back pat thing, but he was my number one player. I said if you have the one one, you take Bijan Robinson over quarterbacks. Um, over some of the, you know, these other running backs in the class that take him 101. But I think even this level of production this year has surprised me a little bit. I mean, he, this weekend, he ran for like 230 something yards. Texas would have lost that game by a decent amount without him. He was like dashing TCU for large portions of that. And they didn't pass the ball particularly well. Yeah, I think that that's something that Sark also knows. Sark's a smart guy. He's a good offensive mind. And he knows, all right, our quarterbacks are, neither of them are very good. Uh, our pass game is going to kind of struggle at times. So we need to ride Bijan Robinson. And so far this season, he's done that. And I know people were like, oh, you know, it might take a year under Sark. And I'd be lying if I said I expected him to be number one, but I expected him to be a top tier fantasy running back this year for your college side. I mean, I I figured Sark was going to feed him. I mean, look what he did with Najee in uh, Alabama. You know, he just he gave him the ball. The, and he would have even more points, too, if they would stop giving Roshan Johnson the ball at the freaking goal line. Just let, let the man finish his runs. Yeah, it's so annoying when he comes in there. <laughs> they had a really cool formation this past week um, where they because Roshan was a a um, a quarterback coming out of high school. They ran like a wildcat type formation with Roshan at running back and Bijan at running back. thought it was actually really interesting. I'd like to see more of that moving forward. Um, but yeah, that that's my takeaway from this list. Really, it's just like, damn, like we we had high expectations and I think he's exceeding them. Uh, through five games this year. So I'm just, I'm so excited for him uh, moving forward. Last topic here, Colin. And I think this is a little bit of an interesting discussion. Matt Corral was probably the Heisman favorite going into this, uh, this weekend again, in that big matchup against Alabama. They obviously lost. It was a blowout. It was 42, 21, but it was, it was over at halftime. Yeah, I turned this game off at halftime. Yes, it, <laughs> it was it was not a particularly close game. Um, Matt Corral had an okay game. Went twenty one for twenty nine, two hundred thirteen yards, a touchdown, um, like three rush yards or something, uh, and a touchdown there. 
does this performance help his stock or hurt his stock? That's a tough one. I think, I don't think it does either. No, nope, nope. ne neither is not an option. Neither is not uh, an me, option. Let me finish. Let okay. me finish. Let me finish. I don't think it does either significantly. Um, I would lean more on the side that it helped his stock. Look, he, Alabama is a good defense and he took care of the ball. He's had, you know, there were times where he struggled to, to move the offense a little bit. Uh, you know, they, the game got out of hand early. Um, you know, he didn't really push it downfield quite as much as we're used to seeing, uh, which I think part of that's probably, you know, Bama's defensive design. Uh, but he didn't turn the ball over. You know, he had a couple games last year where he would throw like five picks and four picks. And you, this is a game that you would think, if he's going to do it, there's a decent chance it's this game. He didn't. So I think it helps him a little bit more than I would say it hurts him. But I'm not sure it moves the needle much either direction. Yeah, I um, I don't know that it necessarily moves the needle either way either. Um, He just was like, and that whole team was. They did nothing in the first half of that game. They did nothing. What was it? Twenty eight nothing. I think at halftime. Yeah. Um. It, it just wasn't particularly close at all. And yeah. I would have. Ex I, I wanted to see. I didn't expect. I really did not expect Ole Miss to win this game. I thought it would be like a eight to ten point game. But I thought. I expected a little more of him putting the team on his back. I can't say that I'm not a little bit disappointed. Um, and I think this bit effectively will end his Heisman campaign, which is a yeah. bit of a bummer. Um, but it is what it is. Um, I, it's so tough to answer. I'm going to say it hurts him a little bit just cause again, you know, I was waiting for that moment and this was probably his one shot this season at that, you know, real true moment. And it just, it just kind of disappointed me. All right, let's go. Uh, speaking of, you know, helping or hurting stock, Colin, let's do our, our weekly stock up, stock down segment here. I went all quarterbacks this week. <laughs> Figured we'd have a little I bit of I think I did that like, I think I did it like two weeks ago. So that's fair. It's, it's the only poor position that matters, right? I mean, quarterback. Yeah. Um, so let, let's uh, stock up. We each pick two names uh, for stock up, two names for stock down. Colin, why don't you take it away with your first uh, stock up here? Uh, yeah, my first stock up here is Tanner McKee. He's a guy that uh, you gave me a little bit of flack for, for putting him on the maybe relevance on the Pac-12 show. Uh, and he's definitely been relevant so far this year. Uh, 11 touchdowns, no interceptions. According to PFF, he only has three turnover-worthy plays all year. He's three touchdowns passing in each of the last two games. Uh, and he's beat USC and Oregon this year. Um, two guys, two teams were the the premier teams out in the pack 12 and he brings a little bit of a threat with his legs you know we're we're seeing him it's, it's it's been pretty impressive now i haven't i didn't really watch much of the usc game uh like i mentioned i did turn off the um the bama game and that was to turn on the stanford oregon game which was that was a great game but he looked good he looked very poised he handled the rush well uh, you know he, he was keeping the offense in rhythm he looked good, uh, you know, and he coming out, he was the number three pro style quarterback in 2018 behind Lawrence and Daniels. Uh, and you're kind of starting to see why, you know, he had that, uh, the mission trip year. Uh, so, you know, kind of fell off of people's radars there, but it looks like he's back. 
and it looks like he's a guy we need to keep an, uh, keep an eye on. Yeah, he actually played pretty well against USC too. I, I watched that game. I re- well, I recorded it and, and went back and watched it later. Um, my only complaint about him in that game was that he just kept trying to push the ball. I was like, that downfield. I was like, dude, stop! <laughs> like, let's take eight to ten yards now and then. He was really pushing the ball downfield, which is I'd rather have that than the alternative. But um, it was it was definitely a little annoying. Um, I chose CJ Stroud for my first stock up here, and I don't know if um, I, I think this is a I think this makes sense. He did not play particularly well the first couple games of the year. I know statistically he looked fine, but if you watch those games, he did not. Sat last week with the shoulder injury. They started Kyle McCord there. I And, and McCord played did, didn't play any worse than CJ Stroud had. I think people thought that there could be the potential for momentum to be picked up against CJ Stroud for Kyle McCord there as the starter moving forward. McCord came out this weekend, I think, had his best game of the season. Again, I think his stats were a little inflated, 17 for 23, 330 yards, five touchdowns. Um, I think, uh, again, there are a lot of easy throws in that offense that he takes advantage of and then players uh, you know, do, do their work after the catch. But I didn't see a lot of throws that he let go of, and I was like, ooh, that was, you know, that should have been picked, or that was just not, that was bad. Not not missing guys just that were just wide open like he has in the past weeks. I thought he ran the offense how it should be against a team that he should have been able to run that offense against in Rutgers. Um, so I am feeling pretty good about his ability to to keep that position for the rest of the season. Where I and I think there was some small doubt in the back of my head moving into this week. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think that he has solidified his role as the starter. There, he would have to really fall apart. Uh, as they get into some some of the tougher games in Big Ten play, but yeah, I'm I'm with you. CJ Stroud, the guy, it was nice to see him have this week. This week, yeah, nice bounce back. Uh, my next guy is a guy that kind of kind of came out of nowhere here this year. Uh, it's Makai Polk, uh, wide receiver for uh, Mississippi State. And we all really thought Jaden Wally was going to be the guy there. I know you were very high on him. I was also very high on him, and. Wally has been disappointing. He's been saving his fantasy days with touchdowns each week, but it's been Makai Polk who has handled the bulk of the, the work here this year. I mean, he's kind of, he's emerged as the wide receiver one in a Mike Leach offense, uh, which is always going to lead to volume. Uh, he's second in the country in receptions. He's second in touchdowns. He's third in yards. Uh, so he's had a, a breakout year at the beginning of this year here uh he was a three-star athlete coming out um when he committed to cal and he had a decent year his sophomore year at cal uh he put up a 22 percent dominator rating which is nothing it, it's not good but it's not bad either you know it's it's just under the magic line there on jarek's graphs uh so so there was maybe a little bit maybe we should have been paying a little bit more attention to him uh, coming into this year, but he has, he's really taken the beginning of this year here by storm. Definitely uh, was wrong on who would be the leading receiver there uh, for Mississippi state this year. Yeah. It's been Makai Polk uh, and basically every category there uh, guys just crushing it. Um, player number two for me, Kenny Pickett quarterback at, at Pitt, a guy that <laughs> I've not been a particularly big fan of here. You know, I thought he's a, a fine college quarterback. Uh, but 
he's not he has not always necessarily been consistent and i thought that the, at the shot to be an nfl quarterback uh was virtually non-existent you know he might be a sixth or seventh round guy but you know that's you know unless you're tom brady that, that doesn't really work out too often um he's been really good this year both from a fantasy perspective where he's one of the top uh, fantasy quarterbacks i believe he's number two or three on a per game basis um but i mean some of these stat lines you know at let's uh, starting like well i mean he played like three quarters against umass he destroyed them uh he played really well against tennessee that following week and then he's gone you know 23 for 31 for 382 and 6 24 for 28 for 403 and 5 and 23 for 36 for 389 and 4 the past couple of weeks he also has a little bit of rush upside he has 134 rush yards on the year and a couple of scores there look he's an older prospect and I think the Pitt offense still does not ex- exactly ask him to make a lot of really difficult throws, um, at least from the, from the games that I've watched so far this year. But he has been just deadly accurate. I have multiple clips of him this year throwing throwing passes where it's just like, like literally, you cannot. The guy's running like you know across the middle of the field, and he puts the the guy's arms are out, and he just puts it square between his chest and his arms. Like, <laughs> literally, cannot place the ball any better. Um, and he's not been making a lot of boneheaded mistakes, which he's been kind of apt to do at really critical times in the past. So I think his stock is up. I'm still not ever projecting him to be an NFL starter or anything like that. Uh, but I, you know, I, I, I have zero doubt that he gets drafted at this point, And I think that he can have a long career floating around on some, some rosters, uh, for a while. Better quarterback, uh, Nathan Peterman or Kenny Pickett. Oh, Pickett. Peterman didn't have an NFL arm. <laughs> I like that. Like at least Pickett has an NFL arm. Um, say whatever you want about Nathan Peterman, like just throwing into quadruple coverage all day. But um, <laughs> yes. sorry, I had to I had to throw that out there. Yes. Um, Peterman, I think he's still on a roster somewhere. Is I he? think he I th- I, he was with the Raiders last I looked. Um, I better hope Derek Carr doesn't get hurt then. Well, because yeah, because Mariota's hurt too. Yeah. <laughs> um so yeah i mean if, if nathan peterman can do it kenny pickett can hey everyone pit pit puts players in the nfl okay we 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 do not regularly compete for anything in college but we put players in the nfl <laughs> and he is on the raiders according to his wikipedia page okay that's what i thought he's got a pretty he's got his his touchdown interception ratio is three to 12 he has a 52.6 completion percentage for his career but i feel like that's a lot higher if you count passes caught by the other team yeah oh three to 12 oh that's hilariously bad yeah i can't believe he they allowed him to throw more than 12 passes in the nfl like to get picked off that many times like it's shocking Thank you, Buffalo, for being the gift they kept on giving there for many, many years. Stock down? Oh, yeah. Sorry. Um, I forgot we were doing stock down here. <laughs> Thought we were just having a chat with Just shooting the shit, hanging out, talking pit, quarterback. We, we talk Nathan Peterman a lot, just the two of us. Yeah. So that makes sense why you thought that. It's like yeah. a, just a regular conversation between us. Yeah. Um, no, stock down for me here. Uh, Demarcus Bowman, uh, he high recruit, you know, every, all of the hype in the world. It was a Clemson leaves immediately. Now he's at Florida. Everybody's like, all right, well, yeah, he'll, he'll do something in Florida. They don't really have any running backs there. 
he's sixth on the team in carries. He's seven carries on the year. Um, he has no carries since week two. He just, I, I just, I don't think the, I think the dream is dead with, with Demarcus Bowman. If it's not dead, it's on life support. I mean, he just, he's not getting the, not getting the touches and it's not a particularly great backfield there. Damon Pierce is fine. Um, but for a team that's been running the ball a lot here, they just haven't been giving him the ball. Um, so I actually, so he's dropped a bit for me, but I like, I, it's not because my opinion of him has changed at all. Cause I think, you know, as, as we mentioned a little bit earlier, and I think it is generally accepted, Jarek, I actually only learned this a couple weeks ago. We, Jarek told me that we don't care about over like overarching career rushing production. We care about the peak year for running backs in college. Mm-hmm. I thought it was really interesting, but also makes sense. Um, Cause generally, you know, a lot of backfields only have one guy. They just want to see once you become that one guy that you take that opportunity and run with it. I don't That's think fair. I, I don't think I expected DeMarcus Bowman to play that much this year. Um, and from, you know, our, our, uh, our main man on the ground down there, Adam Lewis, uh, who's a big Florida fan, Dan Mullen, basically seniority is like the big thing for him. So it makes sense with the senior running back in Damian Pierce, a couple other upperclassmen in um, uh, Malik, uh, Malik Davis, uh, Naquan Wright. Like they've got some other guys there. Uh, this isn't that surprising. So I actually like he's been jumped by some guys, which is because they've played well, not because DeBarcus Bowman has done anything wrong. Um, I said I was going four quarterbacks tonight. So here's my third quarterback <laughs> stock down. Will Levis. Will Levis, a guy that I think was getting wait, a little wait. bit. Of- he's the first round draft pick. How's he stocked down? Yeah, he if there was stock to be had, he is not a public offering. It, I don't know if it was it was should have been non-existent <laughs> to start off with. Um, look, he played pretty well in two of their three first games of the year. Uh, they, they played Louisiana Monroe week one and Chattanooga week three. Um, in between that sandwich in between that, there was a game against Mizzou uh, where he completed 50 percent of his passes, uh, sub 200 yards, touchdown interception. Look, the guy can throw like throwing velocity. I want to see him. Like with a radar gun, I, I would guess that he's a top, I don't know, five percentiles, if not slightly better than that, in terms of his his ability to just grip it and rip it. But he has really struggled against any teams that are worth a damn this year. We mentioned that Mizzou game. He also against South Carolina, fifteen for twenty two. Oh, that's good for one hundred and two yards. That's bad. <laughs> Zero touchdowns, one interception. Uh, and then this week against Florida, look, they won not because of anything. He did seven for 17 for 87 yards, a touchdown interception. I think at this point, any hype that happened off of, you know, those first three weeks of the season should just, any goodwill buildup is gone. It no longer exists. Will Levis, I would be shocked if he gets drafted. And to be honest, I think Kentucky is the third best team in the SEC. And I SEC think they would overall. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I mean, mean, they're not better than the Bama or Georgia. No, 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 no. I, I just, I was surprised you put them at number three overall. And I think they would be in consideration for a top five to seven spot in the rankings. If they had a semi average quarterback, which they do not, they have a great offensive line. They have Chris Rodriguez. They have Wondell Robinson, their defense destroyed the Gators this week. I think if they had competent quarterback play, they would be dangerous, but they do not. So here we are. I agree with you. It's almost like we kind of saw this coming. Um, 
I mean, not that they really have a better option there at quarterback, but they, they're a team that is going to need to be exploring the transfer market pretty heavily. I think they were way too quick to, to say, like, Coach brought in this guy, so this is the guy, which is the complete opposite of what oh, – no, it's no, it's, it's exactly what happened to Tennessee where they brought yeah. in Joe Milton and they wanted to say Joe Milton's the guy, and then we figured, oh, it was Hendon Hooker. Oh, you mean the guy that you and I said all offseason should be the yeah. starter. They've been <laughs> killing it for them. Shocker. Yeah. Um, yeah, my, my last stock down here is, uh, this, this one hurts. Uh, it's Austin Jones. He's a guy that I was pretty high on. Uh, I, I liked, I really liked his, uh, college production potential. Uh, he had a really nice year last year. Uh, I don't have it pulled up in front of me here, but I believe on a points per game basis, he was a top 15 running back last year. Um, but he just hasn't done anything this year. Uh, he's not had the volume. Uh, he had, he has yet to see more than 10 carries in a game. He's behind Nathaniel Pete in terms of carries 42 to 35 outside of that game against Vandy. And, and I know you can't really play the whole, Oh yeah, remove their best game type of a thing. And I don't normally do that, but just for Vandy's the exception. <laughs> yeah, true. But just, just in this instance, just for context, outside of the Vandy game, he has yet to go over 30 yards rushing. And he has he's averaging 2.72 yards per carry. Now, he does still catch some passes. Uh, he's averaging a little over two catches a game, so he's still involved a little bit there. But, man, he just has not looked. He's not gotten the role that we thought he has, and he did not look as good as we thought he was. And as I was talking, I pulled it up. He was the RB13 last year on a points-per-game basis. He has been one of the bigger disappointments at the running back position in college football this year. I think there's no doubt about that. Um, which, if he was if he was playing well, I think Stanford would be a little more dangerous. Um, yeah. But but um, but alas, um, my last one here uh, for the night, Talia Tagovailoa, I think is the most obvious stock down uh, for this week. Um, I don't think there was any legitimate chance that he would go day one in the NFL draft, and I think you know the third round might have been his ceiling. Uh, I think the the last name is doing a lot of heavy lifting there for him. Um, look, he cannot pass the ball in the intermediate intermediate areas of the field, and specifically in the middle of the like in between the hashes, that big square, you know, between ten and twenty five yards between the hashes. He cannot hit those at all. Uh, guess what? When I'm watching quarterbacks, that is probably the area of the field that I think is most important for quarterbacks to be able to consistently hit. If you cannot hit that in college, I very much doubt that you'll be able to hit that in the NFL. Those are tight windows, a lot of bodies moving around. You need to be able to read those coverages, uh, put the ball where it needs to be, and be safe with it. This weekend, Talia did the exact opposite of that. 16 for 29, 157 yards, two touchdowns, five interceptions, uh, virtually all of them sitting right around in that that particular area of the field. This is not a new thing for him. This has always been a, a big part of him. But going on a a primetime game in a season where they have been picking up some steam and some momentum, and I get losing Dante Demas uh, to that really nasty-looking knee injury, probably just the game was over as soon as that happened. But he just he, he was very, very poor, um, and I just – I can't. I, I third round is like late third rounds is ceiling, and I think he's more of a day three guy. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I think that's that's spot on for his draft capital there. And then you know, if, if we're not thinking he's going to get drafted very high, you know, if he doesn't have much of an NFL future, you know, you're kind of looking at okay, what kind of college production is he going to provide? And without Demas, they really struggled to move the ball. Like, granted, it was Ohio State, 
uh, you know, Ohio State secondary has had their issues Iowa. here. Oh, yeah, Iowa. I'm sorry. It was Iowa. Uh, that's a very good defense. They get Ohio State this week. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah it, it was a good defense, but still they struggled to move the ball. I'm not very high on him for the rest of the year either. I would probably get what I could for him right now. Yeah, I think he's he's a sell, but again, you know, you've got you've got to get a prop up performance before you do it because I I don't know if the stock is any lower after this past week. Um, yeah, yeah, tough 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 scene there for him. All right, Colin, the moment that everybody always waits for every week start sits. Let's um, let's give the people a little bit of an idea here, uh, just uh, for for people that don't always listen. We each pick 10 starts, 10 sits. We do not tell each other the names before the episode starts. Um, Overlapping names are okay. We usually have one or two every week. Um, And then we keep score of who does best each week. We had, you know, last week uh, I went nine and eight. Colin went nine and nine. So overall I am 40 and 35. Colin is 40 and 31. And we try to pick not non-obvious names for the most part. We won't say start Bijan Robinson because no shit, you're starting Bijan Robinson every single week, no matter what. <laughs> Same with guys like Keishon Boutte. Those are not the types of names. We're trying to pick names where maybe you're going to have a 50-50 decision. Or even, I mean, last week we said Keaton Mitchell was a starter. He probably was not even rostered in more than 30% of the leagues. He put up like 35 fantasy points. Those are the kinds of names we're trying to toss out here. Colin, do you want to kick us off first on our starts? Yeah, I'll kick this one off here. Um, the this one, this is a guy who's getting into must-start territory here. It's Alton McCaskill, uh, running back for Houston. He is he's just been on fire since he took over uh, the starting job, which was really in week two. He had 14 carries in week two, two touchdowns. Followed that up with a hundred-yard performance and two touchdowns. Um, he's getting a little bit of passing work too. He has 11 catches through what is essentially four games. Um, Three touchdowns last week against Tulsa. Gets Tulane this week. Uh, Tulane just gave up 311 yards rushing. They are a soft rush defense. Uh, fire up McCaskill this week and moving forward. Yeah, I think our our, um, our ability to use that name probably this might be your last week there, Colin. All right, I'm going pretty controversial. I'm going pretty controversial with some of mine this tonight. So um, here we are. Brandon Thomas, running back from Memphis. I say start him this week. I know that he has fumbled two weeks in a row, and his fumble this past week in the first quarter of that game got him benched for the rest of the week. Got me a big old negative .5 across most of my teams. Tulsa is the 79th-ranked rush defense in the country. I think he responds well to the benching. He's obviously the best running back on that team. They probably lost that game in part due to the, the, the decision to bench him. I, I, I think the staff will will throw him back out there. And so I'm starting Brandon Thomas in every league I have him this week, and I'm not worried about it. Fight, fight, fight. Uh, no, that's a, that, that's, a, that's a preview. Um, he may be on my sit list. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> um, my next one here is a guy that I have a feeling is on your list as well, just as we were talking a little bit pre-show deandre tory yeah. uh running back for north texas they get missouri's run defense and that's all you really need to know about it but um deandre tory is also the rb20 uh on the year this so far on a points per game basis uh he had 244 yards week one 71 the next week 82 119 
Um, doesn't really get involved too much in the pass game, but he hasn't really had to that much. Um, he's been killing it on the ground. Start Tory. All right, yes, and I did also have DeAndre Tory. Uh, so it's coming right back to you. Kind of figured you did. Uh, next guy for me here. Uh, it's a tandem. I have not learned my lesson. Uh, it's Reese White and Shamar Jones. Um, start both of them. They get Arkansas State this week. Arkansas State is the second worst run defense. They give up 263 yards uh, on the ground. Um, Reese White's been a little bit disappointing uh, the last three weeks here. Um, hasn't quite put up the production that you would want out of him, at least from a fantasy standpoint. Uh, but I think this is a get-right game for both of them. And, and not that they need a get-right game because Coastal's been cruising, but I think they're both going to have big weeks. You're comfortable starting Shamari after he didn't play at all this week with an injury? Uh, he is supposed to play this week, I believe. Um, he is because I almost put uh, <laughs> the third the third back there, Bennett. I was going to say they start this week. Yeah, I said will play um, this week. Yeah. Um, so I I agree with that one. Um, I said I'm going controversial here, guys. I am starting Anthony Richardson this week. Ooh. The backup quarterback at Florida. We've seen what he can do in limited touches. He can break an 80-yard rush at any time. He's been uh, efficient in the passing game. They play Vanderbilt. That game's going to be over by halftime. I think he's going to get some run more than he usually would. I'm starting Anthony Richardson this week. He might have fewer than 10, 10 touches <laughs> and be a, a weak winner for you. I mean, that's just the kind of player he is. I, I'm going to take that upside. Yeah, I mean, he could put up 100 ground, hundred yards in the ground easy. Full disclosure, don't do that if you're two starting quarterbacks or like Adrian Martinez and Kenny Pickett. <laughs> but, right. you know, in most circumstances, yes, I would feel comfortable doing that. Right. Um, my next start here is uh, Caleb Ellaby. I uh, kind of had a rough start here through the first two games, uh, but he has bounced back. Uh, he's had at least two touchdowns in his last three games. Um, I, I think he's back into the territory where you're going to want to start him most weeks, starting to get into some action play here. Um, I'm, I'm starting LB. Um, I'll just follow up suit there. Then I'm starting their running back with Darius Jefferson this week against ball state. Ball state has the 109th ranked rush defense. Ball state is not a very good team. I could see this game getting a little out of hand and Jefferson getting some run, um, I know that he splits the carries a little bit, but but he generally does better for fantasy purposes. So uh, fire up your Ladarius Jeffersons. Uh, my next start here is Devonta Price. Uh, he's disappointed a little bit uh, in his last three games, 51, 50, and 34 yards. I uh, had a big first week there, but hasn't really lived up too much for it since. But you get Charlotte this week. Charlotte gives up 255 yards rushing per game um starting uh starting price next up for me uh jameer gibbs i'm starting jameer gibbs i know he's been mostly unstartable through most games he had a very nice um receiving week last week he had like what like 10 yards rushing or something but had uh, over 100 receiving um they play duke duke gave up a pretty big uh, receiving performance there to ty chandler this past week and it's duke i mean so yeah, I'm start. I'm starting Jameer Gibbs. Uh, I'm starting um, Chip Tranum, Demonte Tranum. Uh, he had 16 carries last week. He led the led the backfield there, uh, and they get Stanford. 
Uh, Stanford gives up 215 rush yards per game. They are not very good on the ground at all. Uh, I would start Rashad White, but I would also start Tranum this week as well. I think he's getting back. Now that he's back healthy, uh, he's a guy that you're going to want to start most weeks. Next up for me, Toa Tawa. The man making nice. it rain after his touchdown this week for uh, Nevada running back. Uh, they play New Mexico State. Um, big week last week. New Mexico State gives up just short of 200 yards per game on the ground. He is their main rushing target. Uh, and again, another game that I expect uh, Nevada to get out early and and Tawa to get some nice run there. Uh, my next start here is Lou Nichols. Uh, he's kind of been hit or miss so far this year. Uh, two games over 130 rush yards and two, and 40 yards receiving. Also has two games under 30 total yards. Uh, so he's run hot and cold, but they get Ohio this week. Ohio just gave uh, Ohio gives up 251 rush yards per game. Uh, that includes last week where they only gave up 109 yards to Akron, but they still gave up 109 yards to Akron. So it's <laughs> what are they? The zips or the zaps? The zips. What are the zips? Zip zaps. Uh, next up for me, this will this will be music Collins ears. I'm starting Ty Chandler this week if I had had a pretty decent performance last week against uh, Duke. Uh, as I mentioned, that's why I'm starting Jameer Gibbs this week. Revenge game for UNC. Florida State beat them last year. A pretty big upset when it happened. Uh, Florida State gives up some pretty decent numbers there to running backs, um, and he's kind of no one else is. Uh, I'm not. I'm not going to say he's pulled away from the rest of the running back group there, but nobody else is really impressed. So I think he gets a decent amount of touches this week. Um, and so, I, yeah, Ty Chandler, I, I, I'm rolling him out there. If I had him, I don't have any Ty Chandler. Uh, my next start here is a, a guy who's probably a must start, but it's it's the matchup, and it's Jahan Dotson. Yes, they oh, get Iowa. I have <laughs> We're going to fight, fight, fight. <laughs> yes, they have Iowa. That is a very tough matchup. But Dotson is Penn State's offense. This whole offense runs through him. Uh, I think this game is going to come down to Clifford and his ability to not turn the ball over and not mess up. Uh, if he's going to do that, he's going to have to lean on Jahan Dotson. Uh, Dotson has a touchdown in every, at least one touchdown in every single game so far this year. Uh, he has not had less than 65 yards receiving, and that was against Ball State uh, in a game that they kind of blew them out. Um, I think that offense is still going to funnel through him. I know it's a hard matchup, but I'm I'm keeping him in my lineup. Next up for me, quarterback Chance Nolan from Oregon State. They play Washington State this weekend. Washington State uh, is 96 in total team pass defense. The over-under on that game is around 60, so I think it's going to be relatively high scoring. Uh, and so I think he had a little bit of a down week this past week, but I, I expect him to uh, to be startable again this week. I like that one. Um, my next one is another duo. I uh, still have not learned my lesson. Uh, Zach Charbonnet and Britton Brown. Uh, Arizona gives up 192 rushing yards per game. UCLA averages 203 rush yards per game. Um, Charbonnet was too easy for a start. Um I mean, he has more carries, more catches. He's been more efficient than um, Britton Brown has so far. He's 67 carries, uh, 6.7 yards per carry. But Brown has been f solid in his own right. Uh, he has 58 carries, 5.1 yards per carry there. I think UCLA, it, they just got kind of embarrassed last week uh, against Arizona State. I think they come out and they're just going to smack Arizona in the mouth. 
uh, Zach Charbonnet will probably get a long touchdown at some point, and then they'll probably salt the game away with some Britton Brown. Start on. Uh, um, Brian Robinson Jr. is my last. Oh, no, I have two more. Sorry. Brian Robinson Jr. here. Um, a bit of a reaction. What we talked a little bit about earlier there with uh, no more Jace McClellan. Um, we'll see exactly how that backfield shakes out. But yeah, huge game for him this past week. 180 something yards, uh, four touchdowns. Um, Texas A&M is thought of as a bit of a stout defense there, but they've given up a decent chunk on the ground weekly. And I think this game is just going to be an ass whooping. I really, really do. Um, and so I think uh, Brian Robinson has himself a nice uh, game as he starts to consolidate a little more of that backfield. Uh, this one is, this one's a deep one here for me. He's a guy who's probably not rostered in too many leagues, but, uh, if you have him, um, start him this week, it's Davis Brin quarterback for Tulsa. Uh, Memphis just gave up 355 yards passing to Dewan Mathis. Stud. And Davis Brin has quietly thrown for 428 yards against Ohio state. Uh, and then 355 yards against Arkansas state. Uh, now, the game against Ohio State, he did have two picks there with that. He got sacked for negative tw- he had negative 23 yards rushing. So that kind of hurt his his overall point total. Um, but, I mean, he's he's gone over 250 yards passing in the past th- each of the past three games. I think he's going to light up Memphis. Last one for me here, um, Jerome Ford, running back for Cincy. He has uh, struggled to get going a little bit. That whole day, they haven't run the ball particularly well the past couple of weeks. Uh, some tough matchups. I, th- I expect a nice bounce back opportunity against Temple. We talked a little bit about them. I don't remember if it was on here or if it was on uh, the tailgate. Temple has a solid like rush defense from a numbers perspective, but it's because their pass defense is so atrocious that nobody has to run against them because they're just too busy passing it all over them. Um, but I think since he'll get up early and then just kind of, you know, salt it out there uh, from, from that point on. So I'm starting Jerome Ford. I like that call. I was, I was thinking about him too as well, but uh, we're now into sits, right? Yeah. So let's just uh, name Jerome our 10 Ford. here in a row so that every kind of all have them in one place. Uh, I have Alton McCaskill, DeAndre Torrey, Reese White, and Shamari Jones, Caleb Ellaby, Devonta Price, Chip Tranum, Lou Nichols, Jahan Dotson, Zach Charbonnet, and Britton Brown, and Davis Brin. And my 10 are Brandon Thomas, uh, Anthony Richardson, Jameer Gibbs, Toa Tawa, Ty Chandler, Chance Nolan, Jerome Ford, DeAndre Torrey, Brian Robinson Jr., and Ladarius Jefferson. All right, sits are up. We usually flip the order, so I'll go first on this one. My first sit right at the top of the list, Jahan Dotson. <laughs> that strong, strong Iowa pass defense. And look, actually, we had a little bit of a discussion with Chris about this earlier, who is again betting against Iowa um, because he apparently hates himself. Um, punishment. <laughs> um, look, we, we Iowa made Talia Tagovailoa look silly. They are a torn. They are they the way their defense is set up and the 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 players they have in the backfield especially they it is designed to force turnovers to create chaos for a quarterback uh well guess guess who is no better at avoiding those kind of throws than talia tagovailoa sean clifford (laughs) sean clifford is just not a particularly smart or particularly good quarterback Uh, i actually expect at least two interceptions from him again on the week so yes chris moxley um contributor at campus to canton uh they can iowa can in fact keep getting away with it they will get away with it for another week Iowa is going to win this game 
And I think they're just going to completely shut down that passing attack. So I'm sorry, Jahan Dotson. You're you're sitting on my benches this week. You're you're blinded by hatred. Mm-hmm. Um, my first sit this week may as well keep it with our fights. Uh, I'm sitting Brandon Thomas. Um, he got benched last week after four carries after that fumble. Um, he had a fumble the week before that as well, though, too. Uh, so. I mean, it hasn't really been a problem through the year. I mean, two fumbles through five games, not ideal, but it's not atrocious. But the staff seems to have an issue with it They because we did not see him the rest of the game. Uh, but before that, too, the, the past two weeks, uh, he's been under 100 yards uh, rushing uh, both weeks, 73 yards against um, UTSA, 83 yards against Mississippi State. Does not really contribute a ton in the passing game. A couple catches here and there. Um, so if he's not putting up a lot of yardage totals, uh, he's pretty touchdown dependent. Um, he, he put up 15 points before that, 11 points the week before that. So he's been on a bit of a downswing since his torrid start to the year. Um, I'm I'm sitting Brandon Thomas this week. This is what I said when I met. We we tried to make some tough decisions here, folks. You know, two names there that that one of us had as a start and one of us had as a sit. And you can kind of take the data and and come to a conclusion either way. Next up for me, I think um, this is the first time we've had guys on opposite sides. I don't, I don't remember. I'll have to go back and look. So here's here's another one, guys. I'm sitting this week. I'm sitting Talia Tagovailoa. <laughs> Ohio State has not been good offensively. Yes, this or defensively. Yes, this is true. Generally speaking, they 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 ripped Rutgers apart a little bit last week. But I mean. It's a it's an improved Rutgers, but it, you know improved Rutgers, Rutgers is still Rutgers. Um, Talia, that that offense, I think actually the the part that is the scariest is how much they cratered when Dante Dimas went down. Now maybe they are able to adjust that a little bit now that they have a week to kind of prepare for him out. Um, and, and just a message to Loxley and the coaching staff there: listen up, dumbasses. <laughs> It's cool. Okay, fine. You put a skill, you put some of your better skill position guys back to return kicks, including Dante Demas. That's how he ended up getting hurt. After he goes down and he's one of your three starting receivers, don't put Raheem Jarrett back to take the next one. <laughs> oh my gosh. So I please do not have Raheem Jarrett back there returning kicks this week, guys. I can't afford any more of these guys to go down. Um but yeah, I, I think they struggle again without Demas. I think Talia struggles without him. And I, I'm not starting him this week. Yeah, I have Talia on my sit list here as well for the exact same reasons uh, that you have him on there. But the biggest one is, like you said, the offense as a whole really struggled without Demas. Uh, I do think they're going to write that ship offensively a little bit there. I think they'll kind of figure out the way to work Rakeem Jarrett in there and, and make him a central part of that game plan moving forward. But I just don't think this is the week for it. I want to see some Deshaun Jones this week too. I, I don't know whatever happened to him, um, but and yeah, just to, so the, Maryland drove down the field and scored very easily on their first drive. Dante Dimas had four for sixty-one on that drive. It was integral to that offense there. Um, my next one here: all of my Oklahoma receivers. I'm not comfortable <laughs> starting any of my Oklahoma receivers. They are passing at a lower rate than they normally do. I think because Lincoln Riley has realized that. Um, he really does not want the ball that much in Spencer Rattler's hands. They're only averaging about 225 pass yards per game outside of that Western Carolina game, which I didn't even know that was a school. <laughs> the targets are distributed pretty evenly. So really like, even if the, a guy goes for like 
four for 50 and a touchdown. Like you're, st- you're almost hoping that they get two touchdowns. I think that's a really big ask for this offense. It's a rivalry game. I actually think it's going to be like relatively low scoring, like not 17 to 14 or anything, but it, it, I think what, what did Chris say? The over under is like 63 or something like that. I think the under, I like the under in that game. So um, I'm not starting any Oklahoma receivers, not Theo Weiss, Jaden Hasselwood, Marvin Mims, Mario Williams, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, I'm 100% with you there. I don't have them on my list. Um, I had them on my list a while ago. I haven't been starting them all year. Um, Same. Same. Because they just, they've been spreading the ball around. It's been a low volume passing attack, like you said. And uh, I'm actually with you on this week at, at thinking that that's going to be a uh, an under and a low scoring game. Because uh, Oklahoma has a good run defense. And they, Texas funnels that through, uh, through Bijan. But um, my next sit here is Isaiah Spiller. Um, four out of the five games this year, uh, he's gone over hundred yards from scrimmage. Um, so you may be wondering why would I sit him? Uh, he's averaging 15.9 fantasy points per game, which is fine. Um, but he only has three touchdowns. So he hasn't really been scoring a lot. Texas A&M's offense has not really been scoring much since Calzada took over. Um, they get Alabama this week. I think Alabama is going to key on him and they're going to make Isaiah Spiller a focus of this game plan this week. Uh, so if he doesn't score, I think he's in a lot of trouble. Um, so I'm, I'm not risking it this week. I have him as well. And you might be saying there, sitting there thinking, Oh, 15 points per game. That's pretty good. Um, <clears throat> that's pretty good for NFL fantasy, but for it like college, it's just naturally a higher scoring game, right? That that's like that. Yeah. You're disappointed if you have a 15 burger in your <laughs> 15 spots. I, I'm not disappointed. But I'm like, man, I, I, I'm usually like, ah, oh, what if I had started this guy on my yeah. bench who went off for 40 against what West Carolina, you know? So, and I, I also have Spiller. So, right back to you. <laughs> uh, my next one is uh, Tyler Goodson, uh, running back for Iowa. Uh, Penn State gives up 110 rush yards per game, uh, which is 29th in the country. Uh, Goodson is RB 26 on the year, but he's been under 15 fantasy points twice so far this year. I think this is just going to be a low, sc- low scoring game all around. Um, I'm I'm not starting Goodson. Next up for me is Tank Bigsby, running back from from uh, uh, Auburn. There, look, I'm probably not really that comfortable starting him moving forward until I see him reestablish uh, a significant uh, uh, hold on the the touches, the backfield touches there for Auburn. Uh, add in the fact that there there are rumors of a small injury kind of holding him back a little bit, and the coaching staff uh, knows that, and and it's been increasing Yarquez's Hunter's touches. So I, I sit sit Tank Bigsby, especially I mean, and they're playing Georgia, like that's a scary ass defense. It's it's not as like as as good of a defense I would say as some of like the really great Alabama defenses and stuff recently, but like shit man they're just fast and aggressive and they just want to knock your freaking head off and it's a if i was an opposing team i would not be particularly happy to play georgia yeah i have i have tanks big tank bigsby on my list as well um look he only had nine carries last week against lsu he's only topped 20 carries once so far this year 3.8 points uh and six points uh in fantasy the last two weeks so yeah, I'm I'm with you. I, I'm not starting him this week against a very good Georgia defense, and I'm hesitant to start him moving forward until we start to see a little bit more uh, a little bit more touches go his way. 
speaking, we'll stay in the SEC here for my next one. I am not starting any LSU receiver not named Kayshawn Boutte this week. It's a bit of a weird one, um, but I don't have the balls to say sit Kayshawn Boutte. Um, <laughs> That's fair. But Kentucky I has a question re- you if you did say that. Kentucky has a really good pass defense. They have a really good defense overall. I think that they can limit the run. Um, I think they can, you know, they have a, just, they, they slow the game down. They, they control, they really control a game. It's fascinating to watch. Um, and so I, the, and it's, it's kind of hit or miss as to who that second receiver is weekly for them. Anyway, I mean, Jack Beck's been getting targets, um, who's listed a tight end on fan tracks, but whatever. I mean, you know, any of these guys, I just, I, I'm not starting any of them. No, that's fair. Um, my next sit here is, uh, David Bailey, uh, running back Colorado state. Um, San Jose state, uh, only lets up 109 rush yards per game. Um, now David Bailey has been pretty good, uh, throughout the year so far this year. And it's kind of like what we expected, um, with, um, was it Adazio? Adazio. Adazio. I was trying to remember what his name was. I knew it was something. Yeah. Um, with Adazio going from, um, Boston Boston College college to Colorado state, uh, you know, we, we, and then, um, Bailey following him. We kind of figured he was going to carry that offense there for the most part. Um, so he has been pretty solid here, but over his last two, he's struggled. I had one carry for two yards against Iowa. Uh, and then he had, he had 30 carries, 132 yards against Toledo, but he only had 14.1 fantasy points because he didn't get in the end zone and he has brings almost nothing in the passing game. So I'm, I'm sitting him here this week. Next up for me, Chase Brown, uh, running back at Illinois. Uh, Brown had a huge game against Charlotte this this past weekend. 26 carries, 257 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, that Wisconsin rush defense is no joke, though. They are number one in the country, giving up 20 or sorry, 45 yards uh, per game on the ground. Um, I expect Illinois to struggle to move the ball as a whole in that game, and that I don't think Chase Brown. Uh, does much so i'm sitting him even though it's you know it's appealing because of that performance last week uh yeah i'm sitting um zavian valaday this week running back for wyoming uh they get air force air force is only giving up 89.6 rush yards per game um now granted that has something to do with the schedule they, they have had I, a pretty <laughs> i was looking at valaday and we talked about this before the show yeah. uh air force's schedule this season is freaking bad (laughs) it has been a very soft schedule so far this year but wyoming has also had a very soft schedule this year so far um but xavian valaday has been pretty solid he's gone over 100 yards twice he's a touchdown in every game this week but i i don't think i'm ready to chance it uh, against uh air force there like i said their run defense has looked pretty good uh i I think i'm going to go in a different direction here this week here is the murder's row of teams that Air Force has played this season. They've played New Mexico, Florida Atlantic, Utah State, a game in which they lost, Navy, and they played Lafayette, not like Louisiana Lafayette. Lafayette, a tiny nerd engineering school <laughs> right outside of Philadelphia. Um, you can say so, that because your brother went there. Exactly. Um, and he doesn't listen to this podcast because he doesn't support me or anything that I love. Um, so... <laughs> Um, it's I'm not bitter. Um, okay, next one for me, uh, Jalen Robinson, uh, wide receiver UCF. There, look, there's still no Dell and Gabriel. I don't trust it. That's all I gotta say. 
That's definitely fair. Uh, my next sit here is John Mechie uh, for Alabama. Uh, he is the leading receiver in receptions, but he has yet to go over 20 fantasy points per game. Um, they've been kind of spreading that out a little bit there between him and um, Billingsley's been getting more involved. Jameson Williams there as well. Um, his last three, the last four games, uh, he's had 12, 10.9, 11.5, and 12 fantasy points. I think it's Texas A&M this week. Um, I, I expect kind of more of the same here. I'm sitting John Mechie. Next up for me is Reggie Roberson, a wide receiver for SMU. He's been uh, he's been okay as of late. He started off the season a little slow. He's still not, you know, generally leading SMU statistically any given week. But but the past couple of weeks, he went five for fifty four this past week and a touchdown, three for forty and a touchdown the week before that. Um, I I'm suspecting against Navy they kind of get out early and they just kind of salt the game away. I and I'm gonna bet on Danny Gray being the guy that does that, who's who has been their leading receiver this year. Uh, so I'm sitting Reggie Roberson. Like that call. Uh, my next sit here is Kevin Marks Jr., uh, running back for Buffalo. Uh, he has yet to go over 100 yards rushing. He's been splitting carries with McDuffie and Cook. Uh, both of whom have been more explosive than uh, Marks. Marks has been leading the backfield with 78 carries. Uh, McDuffie has 50. Cook has 32. But Marks only has 3.7 yards per carry. McDuffie 5.2 and Cook 7.8. Uh, they've both looked better than him so far this year. Uh, and Kevin Marks' last two games, 2.7 points against Old Dominion, uh, 3.4 against Western Michigan. Uh, he just he's been definitely a disappointment so far this year. Uh, I'm I'm not starting him this week, even though he gets a Kent State matchup that is not intimidating. Juicy, as the kids would call it. Um, I think this is my last one, right? I believe so. Perfect. Uh, my last one here is Dion Hankins running back. UTEP picks up. Uh, I so. know th- he's back from injury. I think this past week was his first week back. Um, but Southern Miss has been decent against the run. And I think just with the way they split the carries and, and how that offense operates, you're basically just betting on him scoring at least once, if not twice. And I just don't, I mean, it's just, that's just not a bet that I necessarily want to make. And so I'm sitting Dion Hankins this week. Uh, my next sit here is, is kind of bold. Uh, it's Grayson McCall. I, look, Arkansas State has a terrible pass defense they are just as bad against the pass as they are against the run which i was highlighting reese white shamari jones earlier Uh, but mccall is coming off of an injury um, from last week now they said he would have been available to play had they needed him um you know he's already been confirmed he's going to play this week but the passing volume just has not been there for mccall this year Uh, he has yet to crack 25 fantasy points Uh, Now, granted, he also has yet to be under 16, so he kind of just lives in that 16 to 24 range every single week, and that's not really what we want for for what we what we spent on Grayson McCall. Uh, You know, maybe this gets a little bit better, but they haven't really been facing a murderer's row of of opponents so far this year: Citadel, Kansas, Buffalo, UMass, UL Monroe. They've they've gone over 50 points in three games, 49 in another game. And he hasn't been that 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 great from a fantasy perspective. I'm sitting McCall. 
Yeah, not a bad shot. Um, and yeah, he might he might he might leave the game early with the injury and everything. So yeah, that's yeah, not not bad at all. All right, let's name our ten here. I'll go first uh, since I went I let this thing off. Uh, I'm sitting Jahan Dotson, Talia Tagovailoa, Oklahoma wide receivers, Tank Bigsby, LSU receivers not named Kayshawn Boutte, Isaiah Spiller, Chase Brown, Jalen Robinson, Reggie Roberson, and Dion Hankins. Yeah, I am sitting Isaiah Spiller, Brandon Thomas, uh, Talia Tagovailoa, Tyler Goodson, David Bailey, Xavier Valade, John Mechie, Kevin Marks, Tank Bigsby, and Grayson McCall. Alrighty, so that is start sits for the week. I'm just waiting for one of us to have a huge week. We're always like within two or three of the <laughs> the median there. Um, yeah, we're always hanging out right in the right in the middle. I mean, look at our records. That that's that's what you need to see. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I can't wait to hear who gets who sits because of injury this week. So we yeah. have like three of those every week too. Um, all right, so I think that's going to be our show for tonight, guys. Um, if you haven't been listening to the other podcasts and stuff going on around uh, campuscant.com, uh, highly suggest you do that. We got Debbie Debates, Why Wait Till Sunday, Fantasy Football Roundtable, um, all sorts of great podcasts there. We've also on Saturdays got two live shows, The Tailgate from 10 a.m. to noon, and then uh, Coast to Coast goes on usually around 11, 11.30, depending on when that primetime game ends. Um, and um, we just... It, all sorts of start sit information, DFS, betting, uh, basically any sort of you know information for the college football day you want, uh, we have there for you. Um, <clears throat> be sure to be on the lookout for Canton Bound, the NFL side of the podcast uh, that releases later in the week. Until then, I am Austin. And this is Colin. And have a good week, guys.